Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Ward, and today's guest is Matteo Basili. Matteo is the winemaker for the Benedetti and Grigi winery in the Montefalco region of Umbria. Matteo, welcome. Hello. Right, Matteo, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you from Umbria? No, actually I'm from Toscana. I came in Umbria one year and a half ago. And uh, yeah, now I'm really happy to, to work here in this uh, quite new winery. Try to do all of my best to to have good wines and a good uh, result. So, Matteo, where are you from in Tuscany? Actually, I'm from uh, Pistoia, close to Florence. Anyway, that I sure I'm sure everybody know. Where did you study winemaking? In Florence. And after you graduated, what was your first job? Uh, so, my first job was in uh, in a winery on the south of uh, of Tuscany, close to Grosseto. You're in the Maremma. Yeah, exactly in Maremma, and I was working for uh, Frescovaldi, Tenuta della Miraglia. Okay, so that's obviously a very famous winery. What was your next job after working in the Maremma? I did uh, many jobs around the world. So I've been to Australia and I work in uh, in two wineries there in. South South Australia. One was uh, Kili Canoon and Pikes Wines that are quite famous uh, over there. And after, um, what grape varieties were you working with mainly there in Australia? In Australia it was a region famous for the Riesling especially, but they had also really good red like uh, Shiraz and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. So you're going from Riesling in Australia to Sagrantino. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, can't, I can't think of a bigger contrast. <laughs> so, um, so after Australia where did you go? After Australia I came back to Italy after uh, I've been to um, New Zealand, after France. So you're a bit of a nomad. Yeah. <laughs> nomadic, or a nomadic life. So when did you start with Benedetti and Grigi? So I started uh, last year after the vintage. So now it's uh, one year and a half. So it's quite young in, uh, in the region. Obviously, the Sagrantino grape, which Montefalco is famous for, has a reputation for being very tannic, very tough. What are you doing in the winery to soften those tannins? So at the beginning, uh, we work a lot in the, on the vineyard. So we do a high selection of the grapes that we have uh, before the harvest. And after in the vineyard, in the winery, sorry, we do a lot of uh, technology work like uh, we use uh, the cold maceration before the fermentation uh, begin, and after we do a fermentation at uh, no much uh, high temperature to don't extract all of uh, the green tannins. You know, the Sagrantino is uh, full uh, of it. And after for the maturation, we prefer to use uh, the big um, barrel tank, like 5,000 liter, 2,500, in order to have uh, a good uh, extraction in uh, tanning from the oak flavor and uh, a micro oxygenation. Okay, so let's go back into the vineyard. Obviously, you're the winemaker. How much contact do you have with the agronomist, and what do you tell the agronomist in the vineyard? Listen, this is the these are the kind of grapes I want. It makes my job easy as a winemaker. Can you do this for? me in the vineyard maybe talking about pruning the ratio of leaves to shoots that kind of thing yeah actually I'm uh, always in touch with uh, the agronomist because it's really important uh, to bring to the winery really good grapes the quality must be high to have uh, a good product 
So we begin from uh, the from the field, and after uh, we continue in the winery. With the agronomist, uh, what I want uh, for the grapes uh, is at the beginning we are pruning actually now in this period, and we decide since uh, two years to allure. Um, so for the white, uh, we pruning with uh, the guillo. For the red variety, it's just uh, a normal uh, cordon spur because we prefer to have uh, this kind of uh, pruning uh, actually. In so Tufalco. to have the vines pruned, uh, the Sequentino vines pruned to spurs, does that make spacing between each bunch easier or more complicated? Yes, because we have um, like um, 4,500 um, vines per hectare. Vines per hectare. So yeah, we can have uh, more space uh, from the uh, vines. So you get good airflow. What about soil management? Are you using cover crops? Between the vine rows, what are you doing? Are you taking away all the vegetation or are you sowing a cover crop? So we use cover crops uh, because give to the soil uh, more uh, stimulation uh, for the microorganism uh, so it works better for our wines. Okay, so you get more microbiological life in the vineyard. So does that help drainage? Of course, because also we have uh, a clay soil that is quite tough for the Sagrantino. So which cover crops are you sowing? It's medicinal herbs like is a soya colza and we have also trifoglio. So clovers. So clover is good for provides uh, nitrogen it's a bit of food yeah exactly and then what else to have an aeration of the of the soil do you what about um cereals cereali like a bar? cereal or uh, yeah barley so barley and barley then? and um, yeah most of uh, the barley we use yeah okay barley is very good for creating organic matter in the soil very yeah, fine exactly. roots good for drainage and so when you work the the, the soil after give more uh, aeration to the to the soil yeah it's really important so that's one thing so you're you're looking at cover cropping between the the vine rows to provide organic matter and microbiological life and um, we've talked a little bit about pruning what about the date of harvest because we always think about Sagrantino it's a very tannic grape how do you decide when is the best moment to pick your Sagrantino grapes so we do a lot of uh, analysis during the maturation uh, in uh, in the field in the vineyards and we check all of uh, the sugar uh, maturation but also the polyphenolic maturation and one important really important thing is uh, the acidity of the grapes the total acidity because uh, without acidity we cannot make uh, a great sagrantino that have a really long life so it must have uh, between the 6 uh, 6.5 uh, uh, total acidity that is really important for us yeah so when the grapes are harvested how do you ferment them you ferment them in steel or cement? so the fermentation actually is in uh, stainless steel inox thank you do you ferment cool or hot so the first three days we put down the temperature at uh, five degrees so you do a cold maceration yeah exactly. why do you do that because we we saw that we can extract more uh, flavor more flavor from uh, from the grapes and yeah. aromas and then what happens after there's a bit of a cold soak and then what happens you warm the tanks up yeah we warm the tank uh, the tanks up and uh, we do a normal fermentation up no. to up to how high do you go 28 34 no 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 less 26 so quite so that's quite a cool fermentation again isn't it yeah we just uh, at the end of the term of uh, the fermentation we put up the temperature we turn off the the cooler and uh, yeah that's good okay and but everything is de-stemmed yeah everything is de-stemmed and then the end of the fermentation you run the wine off from the skins yeah exactly so we wrap the tank we extract all of uh, the the skin and we put in press so the how hard do you press not that uh, that hard because we have a, um, a really brand new press that's what that can work with uh, low pressure 
and uh, yeah, we have really good result for uh, for the pressing. So when you say good result, presumably what you mean is you can press to get a little bit more wine from the the skins without too much aggressive tannin. Yes, exactly. But uh, this wine we don't put in uh, in the Sagrantino. Okay. We use it for uh, the normal IGT, for example, or for uh, other. Uh, yeah, low wine. So the pressed wine doesn't actually end up in the Sagrantino. No, 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 no. So, so basically what you're saying is you harvest your Sagrantino, you ferment it, you take everything that you need for the Sagrantino, and then whatever's left goes to other wines. Yeah, exactly. Because the tannins are what will be a little bit more rustic. Yeah, and green, yeah. So um, so what about aging? Once you've got your Sagrantino um, fermented and off the skins, how do you age it? So we age in, um, in big oak uh, barrel. Yeah, 5,000 and 2,500 litres. So they're large oak vats. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, are brand new, one year old, so they are working really, really great in um, French oak with different tastes. Uh, we have a medium, light, uh, medium plus. So in order of uh, the years and the type of uh, Sagrantino that we have, we can decide which toasting um, uh, give to the to our wine. Yeah. And it's really nice and important. And we see the difference. Okay. So when the wine is in wood, do you keep it on, on the yeast deposit, the lees? Is that important? Or do you try and keep everything really, really clean? We like at the beginning to have some of... Uh, we taste the lees. When we do the, the first racking, we taste the lees and we decide to left to the wine or to take it off. Anyway, after, if we decide to keep the lees uh, together with the wine, uh, we keep the lees for uh, other maximum four months and after we rack. So that's so in spring, when you do maybe your first yeah, racking, exactly, then exactly. you can clean the wine up. Yeah. So what flavours are you looking for in a, in a Segrantino? So you say you have quite clayey soils, quite clay rich. What does that give to the Segrantino in your case? So all of uh, the red uh, fruit, um, cherries and... Um, red fruits? Yeah. So like raspberry? Yeah, raspberry. Berry, Lamponi, sì. Uh, fragola? Strawberry. Fragola di bosco. Uh, wild uh, strawberries? All of uh, this kind of flavor that are uh, typical from uh, the Sagrantino, anyway. Uh, what is your favorite dish with the Sagrantino? So, my favorite dish with Sagrantino is uh, Jericho beans with uh, pig, that is a typical dish from, uh, from Montefalco. It's important that the dish uh, will be a bit fat, otherwise the Sagrantino overpowers the, the dish that you are eating. Okay, one final uh, question for you. Do you think Sacrantino could work well in Australia as a great variety? You know, I think uh, I think yes, actually, because uh, it's really in uh, in Australia it's really unknown the Sacrantino. But uh, I know for sure that um, they are looking for a uh, new wine uh, variety, grape variety. So not just Cabernet. Yeah, exactly. Cabernet and Cabernet. And the Shiraz. Australians are really open mind about the, especially for the Italian grapes uh, variety. So why not Sagrantino? I'm sure uh, it will work well uh, in Australia. You should go back. You should take a flight and put some. Some Sagrantino cuttings in your boots. I should. I should. Hope that you don't get busted by the Australian <laughs> customs because they'll put you in jail for 20 years if they catch you. Yeah, anyway, I will be careful. Could be worth the, worth the risk. Uh, Matteo Basili, uh, winemaker at the Benedetti Egrigi Winery in Montefalco, thanks very much for coming in today on the Italian Wine Podcast and sharing some of your observations on winemaking in Sagrantino. Thank you very much uh, to call me here and uh, to have uh, this speech with you. Great. Thanks, Matteo. Thanks. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.